Hello, wisdom keepers and light bringers of the world. Welcome to the Rise Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Jordan, and I'm honored to facilitate a place for us to gather and hear the stories and wisdom from our relations. Thank you for being here. This podcast is listener supported, and we ask that if you find value in these episodes, that you make a donation on our website, therisecollective.org, in service of our continued learning and community building. Before we begin, let's welcome the guardians and gatekeepers. We humbly ask for your protection and assistance today. May our listeners hear what they need to hear in service of their highest good. And so it is. I want to introduce you to my friend, Stephen Simich. He is an Ojibwe wisdom keeper and a leader in our Boulder, Colorado community. And he's also an entrepreneur and runs a very socially conscious and high-impact business. Welcome, Stephen, to the show. Thank you so much, Carrie. It's great to be a part of uh, a part of your show and part of the conversation. Yeah, I'm happy to have you. So this podcast is all about the wisdom keepers and the light bringers of the world. Do you identify as one of those people? And um, if so, what does that mean to you? <laughs> Uh, yes, yes, I do. I see that as an essential core part of the work I'm doing in the world and, um, is also very connected to some, some of the paths that I've chosen in life and some of the work that I'm trying to understand and that's unfolding through me. So yes, very much so. Yeah, I definitely consider you both of those things in your work and in, (laughs) In your life, it just seems like you really walk the talk. Oh, thank you. I I think it's it's um, you know, I, I'm I'm reflecting on the different parts of my life uh, where that has shown up, and um, actually, I I think I can go back to um, probably one of my first sort of I guess sort of conscious spiritual experiences that I had. Um, I was studying in France at a um, uh, at, at, at my, my junior year, as a summer after my junior year in college, I was going to the University of Michigan, and I studied abroad that summer to finish my French credits and, and to live with a family, and, and we're living in the north, uh, the northwest corner of, of France. And there's a, a very famous place um, called uh, Chateau Mont-Saint-Michel, which is a very old um, church that's on the top of this little island in the middle of the, the, the ocean there. And it's the one place where, I guess, years ago, for 100 years, the, um, the English had conquered France. And um, this is the one place that the French held out. And Archangel Michael had sort of came to a, a, a one of the clergymen or the bishops of the time and said, you know, you need to build a church on this this little island. It will, it will protect France. And... Um, I went to visit that as part of our study programs. So this is 93, the summer of 1993. Mm-hmm. And we were going through this, this church on the very top um, of, the, of, the, um, of this little island. And we went through the Rose Garden, which is in the very, very top, top of the church. And it was this very beautiful Renaissance um, courtyard with little stone posts and a rose garden. And I felt this spirit come rushing up to me and kind of almost into me. And it was like, hello, old friend. I remember you. I'm so glad you're back. 
and it was sort of a shock. I had to like sort of step out of the line of students I was with and sort of gather myself in the corner and, and go, what the heck just happened? Mm. And and it, it sort of helped me realize that I need to pay attention to this place and the, the lineage of that place and its connection to the Archangel Michael. And the Archangel Michael is um, literally the light bringer. He's, he is, he brings the light. He's the protector of, of, of the spirits and the people. And he's, you know, in, in the mythology of him and his, uh, in, in the stories that are written on the Christian side of things, he is a light bringer. And, that began a connection to who is this this being, this Archangel Michael. Um, later on in some ceremonies that I was doing in one of my first trips to Guatemala, and I think it was about 2002 with uh, Eric Gonzalez, we were invited to go to um, uh, Tikal. And this was the first time that the government had allowed the Mayan people to have their fire ceremonies in Tikal, in this particular courtyard between the sun and the moon um, temples. And um, it was the first time after night that anyone was allowed to continue their ceremonies. They'd restricted the, the Mayan people for obviously a long time from doing many things. And somebody had gotten permission from the government for us to stay after. And um, during that night um, and in the ceremonies, they're um, uh, on the top of the sun temple. And I'm not sure what the Mayan call the equivalent of Archangel Michael, but there's um, they have a name and an archetype for him in that in that tradition, and he literally showed up, and um, and and there are many people who saw his presence there and his being. He was a bright white light at the top of the sun temple in the middle of the night, and wow. um, later as we were talking about the ceremony and as certain things were happening in that ceremony, his he would take his light staff and point it at the person that was going through that part of the ceremony and they would experience that connection to Michael. And and as I started to ask people who I was watching this happen with, later they're saying, yeah, I saw that up there too. And, and, And so the story kept kind of coming back from so many different people that it wasn't just me seeing something. It was many people experiencing the same thing. And in in the Ojibwe tradition and, and, um, and through one of my teachers, Jack Chambers, um, Who's, who is the um, spiritual leader for the Little Traverse and Grand Traverse Band of uh, Chippewa and Ottawa Indians in, in uh, northern Michigan. Um, he, uh, years ago, started teaching me about, uh, in their language, in their way, Ogeman de Gijigwib. And Ogeman de Gijigwib is, Ogeman is leader, um, and uh, Gijigwib is like spirits, or it's a, it's a version of a word called a, a, a spirit. And so they recognize this being as the leader of the spirits. And and in my years of sort of experiencing these different things, started to put it together that, wait a minute, this is actually the same the same being. And this is the same entity that's working to help protect us, help um, bring light into the world, and to help to help us navigate these extraordinary changes that our society and culture are going through at this time. And um, in a ceremonial way, being able to build relationship with these entities, these beings, and to now see them recognized in different indigenous cultures and in different places uh, in tradition, you know, in our Christian culture, um, and to see that there's there's a similar similar being that's um, helping us out is is pretty amazing. And I, I definitely align myself with that that light bearer, that light bringer um, work. I see that as a big part of what I'm doing in this world. So, um, so yeah, that, I guess uh, <laughs> that's my thoughts on, um, 
how, what does this mean to you? Uh, you know, I, I think there's many other sort of stories and scenarios of, of what that could mean and my experiences around that. Um, but I, I think that's a good, a good sharing for now. I love that, those stories. So it sounds like you had two or three different experiences with this light bringing being, which you thought at the times were different beings. And then later on you figured out that this was all one great spirit or one yeah. great mystery. And yeah, yeah, I love that. It seems to me that that's really common in just studying all of the indigenous cultures around the world that come from the earth. They all have really similar cosmologies and, um, so many of them have reverence for the four directions and um, some just similar ideas about their cosmology and what spirituality is about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you had I, instead of like a an intellectual learning of that, you had um, an actual experiential learning of what that meant to you. It's it's been all of them. It's it's been the intellectual from sort of that first time of going, hey, something's up with this place, you know, Chateau Mont Saint Michel, um, and and to visually experience something, you know, in Guatemala, and then to have some teaching and guidance from an elder in Northern Michigan, and to do some research that I can do through libraries, through the internet, through other things, but then to also yes, go out and and to be in ceremony to experience their presence, experience their work. Um, you know, I, I think I think this path, the ceremonial way, is about all those things. It's not just one thing or another. And, and in, in my sort of choice and the way I'm seeing my life unfold, it's, it's about all of those things. It's intellectual, it's emotional, it's spiritual, it's physical, it's, um, you know, that's how you build relationship with, with uh this um this world with the people in it and the spirits that that exist around it and and it's it's really amazing to have that um that possibility and to realize how close we are to these things it's not separate from us we all have uh, an ability to connect to that and and i i think one of the f- first real teachings from my grandmother Kiwe Denokwe, um who's also an anishinaabe medicine woman from northern michigan really one of my 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 first teachers and the person who um put me on my vision quest and who i've um followed in the the tradition and lineage that she's shared um she talked about this as you know this this spiritual connection and this this ceremonial work is like uh like a muscle and we we need to exercise it in order for our muscle to be strong. And um, doing ceremony, taking the time to learn the songs, to to learn the um, the calendar or the the medicines or the format of the ceremony, and and then to experience it and go through with it. These are all these things that are building our spiritual fitness, if you will. And and um, I think it's it's part of it's part of that way of living, and it's it's a rich and beautiful way of living in in so many ways. Yeah, it really is. Um, when you mentioned building that relationship and having all of these parts—the intellectual, 
the experiential, being in ceremony, flexing that muscle and putting in all the effort that you put in to learn these ways, that is what builds your relationship and creating that consistency helps integrate those ways into how we live. Yeah. And yeah. into our communities. Yeah, and I and I think it's it's, you know, even on a personal level, like like us as friends or the other people that we get to know, whether they're family members or strangers, um, relationships about building trust. It's about building this concept of relationship. And then there's the element of time and, and moving through time with more trust, more relationship and, and the activities of life that um, create the space for for that to, to, to evolve. And it's the same way with spirits um, and, and the invisible world that's around us. And as we um, flex the muscle and practice the connection to the spiritual world, as we build relationship with either our, our personal guardian or our clan spirit or the different um, spirits that come to help us for different things that we do in life or in ceremony, it's, it's about building relationship and trust. And if those spirits trust us, then they open the doorway to healing, to um, knowledge, to possibilities, and just as, uh, as we would with each other, um, you know, building, building friendship, relationship, and trust. And, and it's, um, you know, it's, it can be done in many different ways, especially in the ceremonial way. It's, it's sometimes just showing up. It's sometimes very specifically doing a ceremony that addresses a certain spirit or a, a being of some sort that's, that's being called upon to help with the healing or for some knowledge or for some guidance. Um, or, um, you know, it, it may just be the we're holding a ceremony and we're asking who can help to come and show up. And, and the ones that have that relationship and that trust and who are willing to help will come and, and be in relationship. And, um, and it's, it's a really interesting and beautiful way to live. And as, as you build and, 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 and grow that relationship, um, then oftentimes the, the spiritual, the invisible can sometimes become visceral. And, and we can have that relationship with something that is beyond what our normal world expects and, and sees. Um, and, and I think that's sometimes that place where um, in the light work, you know, you can have the one foot in the physical and one foot in the spiritual and that light that's there, that work that's done with those spirits can protect us as we're not as comfortable or experienced as being in that spiritual place, but they can help to hold us, protect us as we step into that place and vice versa. We're doing the same for them as they step into this place. Wow, that's really well said. I love what you just said. Um, so you told us this beautiful story about y your experience in France and I'm also wanting you to tell us about your teacher in Northern Michigan um, and how you met her through your teacher in college. Because mm -hmm. I yeah. love that story. Yeah, I um, I was I was um studying plant physiology in uh, in college. We were, we we're doing research um, for breast and ovarian cancer, and there's a uh, uh, what's called the yew tree. It's like a, a common pine kind of bush that's in the, the northern parts, and it has like a little red berry on it, and um, oftentimes they're ornamental in front of people's houses. And it turns out that that plant has uh, a natural chemical in it called taxol, which um, was used for, um, before they synthesized it fairly recently, um, the, the taxol that's used to, to um, prevent breast and ovarian cancer from, from growing. 
and and help to heal people. And we were we were working um, to figure out how can we through hormonal treatments or through other other sort of farming treatments increase that taxol. And somebody at another university figured out in low gravity that somehow it produced more taxol. So we found ourselves um, my senior year in college. Uh, sorry, there's a little interruption in my phone there. Um, we we found ourselves um, late one Friday night building these little cell tissue cultures to fly on the space shuttle. This is 1994. And I was under the hood, uh, a sterile hood, with my lab partner, Nate McDowell, and we were making these cell tissue cultures. And our professor, Dr. Peter Kaufman, came barging into the lab room, not expecting any students to be in there on a Friday night. Um, <laughs> and we sort of shocked him. We were shocked that somebody would come crashing into the, 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 the lab and he, he sort of looked dumbfounded at us and said, you know, wait a minute, you know, this is, this is a college campus on Friday night. Like, what the hell are you guys doing here? <laughs> <laughs> you should be out drinking beer and chasing girls. And we're sort of, Nate and I looked at each other and we're like, well, yeah, but this is kind of cool. We like this. And we got a deadline. <laughs> and, and so he kind of stepped back for a moment, scratched his head and said, you know, if, if you really want to learn about Plants. I need to introduce you to one of my good friends, um, uh, uh, Kiwe Denokwe Pichelle, who um, he had done his PhD in, in plant physiology, and she was doing her PhD in ethnobotany at about the same time at the University of Michigan, and so they, they became lifelong friends. And he introduced us, and, and um, so after I graduated, I um, actually went up to, to meet with Grandmother Key, and um, like any, I think, person who's stepping onto spiritual path, the the journey is always one that takes you very different ways and places than you would ever expect. And <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, you, you don't go up to, you know, some random place in the middle of nowhere to meet with a traditional elder to just learn about plants, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and you, you know, you learn the ceremonies, you learn the songs, you learn the names, the different names and the uses, the, um, and and it's not just about the plants; it's about the community. It's about the relationship to everything. And and um, so I, I was invited up uh, the first week to come up and be a part of a vision quest that was happening for uh, a man, and was asked to help with that. And then the week after that was to go and spend some time um, uh, uh, gathering and learning about the plants. And um, it was one of those epic journeys where I was leaving Colorado and driving to northern Michigan and my car broke down and I had to limp it to this one place that I knew could fix it and then I had to hitchhike and hike and camp, find my way down to this place where I could catch a ferry to another island and then randomly meet some group of people who I didn't know and then connect with them to then get on this like old like diesel billowing black smoke handmade boat that took us around another three-hour boat ride to another part of an island and hop on a skiff and then jump off the skiff to the water is up to your sort of waist and carry your bag to shore and and there was um, grandmother key this woman in her late 70s 80s early 80s who gave me a big hug and said welcome home and mm. in that in that moment my um, my life changed and, uh, you know, it, it wasn't just about going up to learn about medicines and um, all of a sudden the, the generosity and, and the, um, the teaching and the things that I've been sort of trying to make sense of in my life could, could start to make sense. And there was somebody who could, um, uh, just a second here. Hmm. 
Yeah, I'm having emotion <laughs> come up also. Yeah, and you know, this. to have have a person who um, could understand you who for who you are, and our society is really good at. Um, you know, defining from from his perspective, or from your family's perspective, or from friends' perspective, who you should be and what you are, and um, to be seen for who I truly was, and to be um, introduced to uh, a philosophy, a way of life, a natural way of life, a ceremonial way of life that was um, that made sense um, to me was like the greatest gift, and I think. Um, that was the summer of 1994, and my only way of giving back for all that she gave to me and the community that um, that I became a part of, um, uh, the only way that I could ever return the gifts that were given to me is to, to begin learning the ceremonies, to begin learning the traditions, and to um, start sharing those. And and that's that's been my probably my constant in in my life since '94 with changing jobs and you know changing places to live and new cars and you know besides my mom my dad my sister and and a few you know lifelong friends that's been uh, a constant in my life and it's it's because of um, that experience of of being gifted so much, you know, how how else could you return that gift to the people that gave that to you then to, but to turn around and, and share that um, in, in the world. And, and I think that's where after this many years um, of of learning and preparing, I finally, the, the, the tables turned and it's like, okay, spirits, like quit, quit learning. You need to start, you know, sharing this. And, you know, you never stop learning in this way. I, I think, you know, until the day I die, I'll, I'll continue to keep learning. I think that's that's a good way to live. Um, but there comes a point where it's like I, I, I can't, the sponge can't hold anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> let me let me start sharing. And, and um, that's that's been happening. And it's been really rewarding. And it's been really, um, uh, it's made me very happy to be able to share in, in some of the things that have been gifted to me from, Grandmother Key, from Grandma Bertha, from uh, Jack Chambers, from Eric Gonzalez, and and um, you know uh, Megasique and Tanaga and Witan and, and many of these other people that along the way have helped me to become who I am. And and then you know in the mix of all that too, the like we talked about earlier, the the relationships that have come with the, the invisible world, the spirits, and the help that I've gotten from them, known and unknown. I mean. Who's, who's to say what the mix of all these things has, has really done for me, but um, at least at this point in my life to be able to start sharing the knowledge, sharing the ceremonies, sharing the, the, the aspects of this that can help, help my family, help my friends, help strangers, and that, that, that's a fulfilled life for me. Yeah. Um, uh, when you were talking about sharing everything that you've learned, I was just thinking about how great it's been for me to have you here in Boulder because, um, yeah, having moved states, it's so nice to have a community here that is walking the red road and getting together, and um, I've learned a lot from you, so I'm really grateful for that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, let's see. Um, 
What? So you had this experience where you met your teacher and it was really impactful for you. And so what does your daily practice look like and um, how do you, how have you integrated those teachings into your life and how has your life changed since then? Those are a lot yeah. of different questions, but I'm trying to kind of rephrase <laughs> yeah. it so you can take any of those venues that I just listed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I used to have like containers for the different parts of my life. I was very shy about letting people know I had a spiritual path. I, I think I was afraid of judgment. Um, I was afraid of a lot of things of, of people maybe seeing me who, for who I was. And and I'd have, you know, I had my, I used to be a competitive cyclist. And so there's my cyclist container. There was the person who was trying to make a career and a life in the world. And there was the, you know, these different sort of containers for who I was. And I, I remember consciously um, a, a while ago breaking those containers and, and letting it all be together, letting letting them all be a part of who I was rather than trying to keep them separate. And I think that was a big part of um, shifting the way I think about the ceremonial life. And it wasn't like, oh, okay, so now I'm going to step out of my you know business person life or my cycling life or whatever it was and now I'm going to go be in ceremony. And I, I, I consider myself in ceremony all the time now. There's no separation. Mm. And and so it's kind of hard to sort of state, like, how do I how do I hold myself? It's like, um, you know, I, I, I'm in a technology company. I'm leading a technology company. And so there's a big part of my day of pushing buttons, <laughs> you know. And, right. And, and but the outcome of that is is potentially changing the lives of you know hundreds of thousands of people around the world by bringing access to technology and and resources to help people whether it's education, um, cleaner cooking, um, whether it's uh, healthcare related things, and, and typically these are for some of the poorest people in the world and trying to connect the nonprofits that are serving those people with technology and so. Um, my my day to day job, which pays the bills and pays the you know hopefully will help to provide my kids a chance to go to college and those things, is a reflection of how I've tried to live my life, which is one of no regrets. You know when when that moment comes and I'm ready to transition into whatever's next, that I look back at this life and have no regrets, and I try to live that way each day. And you know I I guess I wake up in the morning and I just say thanks. Um, I just say thanks for uh, another chance. Um, and um, I finish my day with the same thing. There's, uh, I say the directional prayers the way Grandmother Key taught us in, in a very old ceremonial language in Anishinaabeg. Um, mm. And I say a very old prayer, which is, um, I say this every day. I sing it with my children. They've, you know, except for the days that I've been away from my children and my, my wife hasn't been there to, to do it for them, I say it from them, for them far away. Um, but there's an old um, prayer that that remembers the agreement that we as humans have with Creator, and so mm-hmm. I sing that I sing that prayer every day. And as the way I've been taught, um, and in my role as what's called an Ashkabewig in Ojibwe, which is a, a helper to spirit, um, I I put up the um, this this uh, protection around. Um, my family, my friends, and my relationships, wherever they may be, um, each day I do that for for them and for the world. And there's a whole group of us that are doing that every day as well. So 
I start by saying thanks, and I end the day by saying thanks, and I put up this protection so that we can continue to have our lives and do what we do. And um, I think um, in between all of that, there's certainly times when I may go into conscious reflection or meditation, um, and and I also sort of, I, I, I think... I guess I try to be it all the time rather than, again, compartmentalizing it. I, I feel like my day-to-day, my interactions with people is is in many ways sort of a prayer or a meditation, and it's it's just in a different form. It might be in this, it's an active conversation. It might be um, working through a design for a technology system for an organization in Indonesia or Eastern Africa or Central America. But then it's like to me, it's it's a uh, it's a prayer, it's a reflection uh, on something bigger that could be unfolding. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's my day. And then there's moments where I get to be in like instead of just always being a ceremony, I get to be in really real ceremony. I guess <laughs> we have a sweat lodge. <laughs> if I take out the the apogon or the ceremonial pipe and make a prayer, whether it's privately or with a group of people. Um, whether it's just taking a little pinch of tobacco and ste- stepping outside when the thunder beings come come through and say hello, you know, bounce keepers, it's nice to see you again and welcome back. And you know, we're 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 small beings here. We're 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 fragile compared to you. Be gentle with us as you pass through. Um, you know, that there's those moments where I can be in like in in the the bubble of real ceremony besides this you know constant ceremony I see myself in. So um, I, I think that's that's the place to hopefully be in my life where there's no separation from that state of being. And and we, we call that in Ojibwe um, uh, siwen. And, and bimadasiwen is like a very simple word for a really complex concept. And and that concept is um, how, how how do I translate that? It's um, um, it's bimadasiwen. Uh, it's, it's like this Gratitude for the state of being that I'm in. Um, gratitude for um, the 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 things that are unfolding around me, and for this like this good way of life. It's it's um, I think the literal translation is um, the to to live this good way of life. Um, and I'm I'm missing it. It's like it's it's escaping me right now. Maybe it'll come back in a moment. But um, the, this concept of living life in Bimadasiwen is is living in that spirit way, in that ceremonial way, and in that state of gratitude. And and I think that's been um, a, a state of being that I've been working on for many years now is to be in Bimadasiwen. And um, it's it's practice. It's like what we talked about earlier with with Grandmother Key and her sort of idea of you know the spiritual connection is like a muscle, and you need to practice it. And and the state of being we hold um, is is a constant state of that practice. You know, if we're always angry and we're you know frustrated, guess what? You know, we're, our our body probably manifests that in, in imbalance. If we're happy and in the state of gratitude, then then it's a different state of being. And um, and I, I think that's a, a big part of probably how I define how I live my day is is in that state of bimadasiwan. That's really powerful that I am so curious about that the word um, there seem to be a lot of words like that in other cultures that mm-hmm. are really complex and hard to explain in our very simple language mm-hmm. uh, you did a good job um, 
explaining I, what it was. <laughs> I think I got the essence. Yeah. So I have this story about you, and I'm not sure if it's true, but <laughs> I'm going to tell you it. I just Uh-oh. have this story that you created Tact, your company, because partly because you wanted to um, integrate. I have a story that Tact was like a product of you integrating those different parts of yourself, the mm-hmm. ceremonial part and your work part and your cycling part, because it's so um, impactful for people and that's important to you to make a difference. Is that true? Yeah. And if it's I, not, I, can you explain? No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it is it is true. And I, and mm-hmm. I think um, um, for, you know, probably about 15 years I've been working on this concept of like an intention statement. And it's like a really simple, concise statement that um, helps to guide a person. And it's, it's not so much the, the content of a person's life, like I will be the, you know, executive director or the CEO of a company and blah, blah, blah. It's more of the context of, of the essence of your life and what you're trying to do. And, and I've, I started working on that years ago, recognizing that if I could set this vision for what I want my life to be but practice it like it was really happening, that it could unfold. And I, I felt like this happened probably about two, a little over two years ago, where all of a sudden all these aspects of my life that I've been working on independently, those those containers that I shattered finally oozed to the center of the room and became one. Um where I got to mix my um, experience in business. I, I have an MBA. I, I went to business school. I worked in finance and investing and um, spent a, a good good part of my career learning the, the skills and the, the, the experience of, of growing and, and, and evolving businesses. And, and then this, you know, 20, 23 years now of, of working in a ceremonial way and, and learning the ceremonial traditions, and I, again, that, that concept of, you know, at the end of my life, I want to look back and have no regrets. And, and if I can live this be modest you in, um, you know, what, what would that look like? And I felt like two years ago, all of a sudden I like woke up and realized, oh my gosh, it, it's, it's here. It's not something I'm striving for. It's happening right now. And, and that my day to day work could impact more than just the, my, my little community it can impact something great around the world. And I don't need to be the one out there building the cook stove. I don't need to be the one out there delivering, like, the medical um, intervention to help a pregnant woman or a person suffering from malaria. Or I don't need to be the person who's, you know, going to visit the the school in the high mountains of Pakistan to help make sure that a young girl has a chance at at education that wouldn't have it otherwise. Um, But I could be a catalyst for that to happen at scale and to be the organization and the, 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 the leader of an organization that's helping those impact organizations to accelerate that, that ability to do more of what matters to them, um, was, was why I created TACT. And, and, and certainly, you know, uh, it would be nice to, to leave a legacy. Like, hey, look, look what I did in this life. It wasn't just about making a buck and getting a nice home. It was about changing the world and, and, you know, figuring out as best as I could. And with the magic that unfolds in life, you know, however that is, you know, this is what I could do. And, and um, you know, being an entrepreneur is not easy. Um, trying to create something new is, is challenging. And then we have this crazy thing called money that we have to tend to to, to sort of, you know, 
operate in this world and um you know there's there's that whole uh, uh part of the the equation as to how do you do these things and you know keep the the cash flow flowing to keep employees paid and happy and and like I said, at the end of the day, I could pay the mortgage and put some food on the table is, you know, uh, is great. <laughs> um, mm. And so <laughs> it's, 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 um, it's interesting because I, you know, at the same time too, it's, it's a lot going on. And, and then in any given moment, sometimes I have to step out of work to go and be in ceremony and to help with things and um, in that way. And, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything else. Um, I love my life. I love what's happening. And um, I continue to work to refine what my life looks like on a day-to-day basis. And, and what TACT has given me is uh, a vehicle to to try to do many of these things and to, to make a difference in the world, to take care of my family, take care of my friends and my employees who've worked with me and, and um you know, hopefully create an architect a life that will allow me to step in and out of the things I need to do in my life to, to again, get to that point with no regrets and that, that sense of, of be modest you. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have about 20 minutes left, and I wanted to, um, like I mentioned before, talk about um, the last thing I want to talk about is your networking with other wisdom keepers. Mm-hmm. Um in Central America and I'm not sure if you are doing that in South America also, but um, can you talk about that and can you talk about kind of how um, those relationships work and what you, yeah, just how those relationships work and how mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of, it seems like you're building something together mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Um hmm. you know it's it's interesting. It's 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 like, you know, each day you just take another step forward and and sometimes you think you know where you're going and other times you don't know where you're going and, and <laughs> you find yourself somewhere. And and I I think um it's been a really interesting year in, in that I've um been able to be with a lot of the elders who have helped me over the years in the same year and within even a short period of time around each other. And even as we traveled down to New Mexico um, last fall, is it last fall or is it two falls ago now? I, my time I think it was two. Two falls ago. Falls ago, and, yeah. And, and some of these, some of these ceremonial worlds are, are coming together and it's been really beautiful. And, um, this this ceremonial lineage and that I I work with from that that came from grandmother Key and um, the work that I've been doing with um, Eric Gonzalez and and um, his his work with the Maya and and also just his earth wisdom keeping that he does um, got to join for a really beautiful ceremony down in uh, in in Santa Fe and. Um, Grandmother Key passed over in 1999 or 98. I can't remember exactly which in this summer. And um, but there's a whole community of us that have carried her knowledge and wisdom. And and one of her first apprentices um, was recently moved to um, Ann Filmeyer, and 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 uh, she's she lives in Santa Fe, and she joined us for that ceremony. And there's this moment where Eric and 
and and Anne got to shake hands and, and meet each other. And it was sort of like these two ceremonial worlds that I've had, you know, coming together and meeting each other. And there's excitement and fear at the same time. I don't know why there would be fear, but there was. Um, <laughs> what if they don't like each other? Um, <laughs> um and then we got to spend time in a beautiful ceremony together, and I, that was a, a one of our first ceremonies together. And and um, and I and I think it's it's um, this life that I've been blessed with this this modern world that we live in now, where yes, we have a lot of challenges and distractions and things that are there, like you know devices that my children can't seem to put down. And at the same time, I can hop on an airplane and I can be in Guatemala in uh, in seven hours, and I can be in, in Lake Aditlan and in ceremony within a day. Um, or I can, you know, jump on an airplane and I can be in, in northern Michigan and, and, and be in ceremony with the people I, I know and love there. And, and, and it's extraordinary how the world has um, evolved to this place with technology that's around us that gets us to connect, whether it's through Skype or phone or these other things where we can stay connected even though we're scattered in different places. And you know, we have our blood families and our blood lineage and we have our ceremonial and, and spiritual families and and um and and we find each other in the world and I, I feel very blessed to have been able to find um such amazing um wisdom keepers and and um my spirit family and they've been there at the right times and right places to help me along my learning path uh, along my healing um and in in a way that now it's more like an exchange um uh and and a a new elder that I've just started working with in this last year who's um really helped in um some of the health challenges I've been going through um Nino Mayani um he comes from the the Lakota traditions and and he, he, we've been sort of exchanging things like where um he's been teaching me and helping me with certain things and then I've been helping him with certain things and now it's like this it's just this nice exchange um so I I I guess I feel really lucky that I've been able to connect with um these elders to have their trust and to have their support um to continue my knowledge to share what they've shared with me and then this gift of being able to um, see how the knowledge connects with itself and, and how it supports these other pieces. And, um, you know, it's it's wonderful to have the depth of the lineage that I carry from Grandmother Key. And there's a lot of stories about where she got to, to forks in the road or she got to obstacles in life and she didn't have all the answers. And she had to step out of the, the tradition and, and that she knew and to seek other elders and other places that could have complementary knowledge or knowledge that could help her in, in different ways. And I, I think that's been a lot of my experience and, and mine's just um, allowed me to connect with elders from around the Americas. Um, I haven't made a lot of connections into South America yet um, through some wisdom councils that I've been to have made connections to elders in um, other parts of the world, but um, haven't been able to spend more time with those, those individuals. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's been a, it's been an, ex, an extraordinary experience to have that the the depth and the connection to a lineage and to feel how a lineage can move through can can move through me. It's it's quite a different experience than just uh, some some knowledge that you might have gained on your you know in in one way or another. And it, it's it's like a living being connected to and, and moving through me. And at the same time, 
um, to be able to go and, and learn from these other elders and to maybe learn a little technique on how to do this in a sweat lodge or, you know, if you're, if you're doing a house blessing, try this technique if something's stuck or, you know, if, if this is what you're experiencing, let's spend some time together and let's put you up on, on the hill or up in the mountain somewhere and, and let you go out on your own for uh, a few days and have, have another sort of, you know, fast and, and let's let that teach you. Um, and, and all those experiences come together in, in helping me to now, um, it's almost like, um, you know, like we, we have a toolkit <laughs> and you, you know, if you need to hang a picture on the wall, you get out a hammer and a nail and you, you, you're not going to get out the jackhammer and, and, you know, start, you know, pounding the wall with that. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, you, you, what are the different little techniques and tools to do the ceremonial work to help with the healing, to help with a wedding ceremony? What are the feathers and what are the words that are spoken that bind two people together? Or what is, what is, um, what, what medicine or plant is burned when there's a stuck spirit in the house and how do you set things up to move that thing out of the home safely so no one in that home gets hit by it or that you, you don't get hurt by it or any assistants that are there get hurt by it and and release it so it's not messing messing with anyone else in the world. And and so there's these little things that come together that then allow you to um, hopefully support other people and help them with, you know, uh, their lives. And, and how did they get that knowledge? Well, those elders that I've been blessed with knowing and, and being able to learn from, they gain that from their network of elders and from their wisdom keepers or from the time that they spent out in meditation and prayer on their own. Um, so, I, yeah, I guess it's, 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 a, it's been a beautiful experience, and I feel like I'm just beginning Um um, at this moment, 45 years old, and and I hope I've got another at least 45 years of of now really getting to to grow and move into this. And um, and uh, uh, what a gift to have been blessed by so many amazing people who are willing to share their knowledge and to help me. And and um, again, kind of like what was done for me in the past. How else do you pay them back? Um, but maybe to carry on what they taught with you and shared with you when when they're maybe long gone. Um, mm-hmm. So, I guess Carrying that's my on thought the on legacy. that. Yeah. Um. So, in closing, would you? What kind of um, counsel would you give to someone who is sort of just discovering their this sort of path? And um, what would you tell them about this commitment if they're willing well, to make a commitment to it? Yeah. Great question. Um, you know, I, I'd say seek seek the elders, the wisdom keepers in the world that um, you know are 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 about the the light, about the the true essence of of being. And there's a lot of there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of other things that are out there that are just trying to get money out of you or to um, you know maybe. Uh, catch your soul or to 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 take you away from who you are and and i'd i'd say talk to talk to friends and people and 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 explore to see if you can find the good teachers and the people who are living in a good way and carrying the traditions in a good way and who are really there to to help and and then there's the other part of you know trust trusting instincts and and trusting your um 
your spirits that whether you know them or not are there helping you to to get you to the right place and to the right people and and i think um serendipity is 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 uh is is a combination of all those things um uh, a choice and a vision for what you wish in your life and um and then also the magic that can unfold when you commit to something and and you know where it can take you um so i yeah i think um uh the other thing is you know it's this the spiritual path and the ceremonial path is not a fast path and if you're looking to you know if a person's looking to get stuff quick um you might miss it <laughs> you might miss the point and and it's it's like anything like a, a good friendship is is a long relationship that's evolved over time with trust and 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 with you know good intention and if you're just trying to get something, then you might get it, but you're missing the point of it. And and I, I think that's that's the the conflict of our world right now is there's so much that's quick and convenient. You know, if if I want um, a, a a popsicle that's colored purple and has a cream filled thing and you know tastes this way, I can walk into a store and in a few moments buy it. <laughs> right. But I think that the spiritual path is not one of you know um, that that quick quick uh satisfaction and 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 at the same time there's been parts of my life where all of a sudden something hits you and all of a sudden you have knowledge and 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 understanding of things but then there's the unfolding of that that can take time and effort to really understand what it means and how to make it a part of your life and a lot of that has to be done on your own and a lot of it really should be done in community and in relationship with good teachers who are there to help you um so I, I I I guess uh I guess that's my thought on that one. It's um I think I think that that's a hard question. <laughs> yeah, so I got uh, choose your teachers and your communities carefully yeah. follow the divine guidance and follow mm-hmm. follow kind of where you're led and who you meet and see where it takes you and also take your time. Yeah, I, I think that the, the old saying of you know it's 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 not the destination, it's the journey is is very real in this. And and if you're just trying to get from point A to point B, you'll you'll miss the magic along the way. And and I think that's a big part of the ceremonial way and and the spiritual way. So yes, the magic of every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much, Stephen. This was really juicy conversation and. Um, I really appreciate your taking the time to to talk to me today. Well, thanks for asking. I'm I'm honored to to share and and uh it's been a really wonderful experience to reflect uh on on my life and on this journey and and to to think about it. So it's been helpful for me as well to to sort of step back and look at what's been happening throughout my life. So thanks for that opportunity. My pleasure. <laughs>